Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I am Susie Menkes, editor of Vogue International at Condé Nast, and you are listening to my podcast, Creative Conversations. As a journalist reporting on the global fashion industry, I want to take you backstage and give you an insight into my world. Listen to my exclusive conversations with creatives, industry leaders, and those whose voices have some of the greatest impact. I think you might find it interesting and maybe intriguing. In this first episode of Creative Conversations, I'm pleased to be joined remotely by Maria Grazia Curie of Christian Dior. Her creativity, imagination and inspiration have touched the fashion world and beyond. As creative director of Dior Femme, part of the LVMH Luxury Group, she has expressed what it is to be a woman today. Maria Grazia was born in Rome to a progressive family where she was exposed at a young age to her mother's dressmaking atelier. She went on to study at the Fashion Institute in Rome and started a career in the industry spanning over 25 years. Having worked for nine years at Fendi, an exceptional and inspiring sisterhood, Maria Grazia moved on to another Roman company, Valentino. Over 17 years, she spent eight as co-creative director with Pia Paolo Piccioli. She joined Dior in 2016 as the first woman in the company's then 69-year-old history to lead the ateliers and design teams. At Dior, nobody could have missed Maria Grazia's focus on bold, strong and artistic women. At our 2018 Condé Nast Luxury Conference in Lisbon, Maria Grazia talked to me on stage about female empowerment and her 2017 We Should All Be Feminists t-shirts. She has actively supported female empowerment, adding her voice to the recent launch of the Dior Talks podcast. It has brought together the people who have shaped the creative direction of the house, such as the artists Tommaso Binga, Judy Chicago and Tracy Amin. In June 2019, Maria Grazia was awarded the Légion d'honneur, France's highest honour. Maria Grazia, the last time you and I physically saw each other was in Paris backstage before your Autumn Winter 2020 Dior show, and that was back in February. And what I remember is that at that time, the COVID-19 was already around, especially for you, because you had it hitting your Asian team and your situation in China before we really felt it in Europe. And since then, with all these worldwide connections, you must be feeling simply crazed trying to get everything in order. Do you now feel calmer or do you still feel very concerned about what's going on? Uh, Susie, uh, yes, the last time uh, we were together in Paris uh, before the ready to wear. And uh, the situation immediately for us was clear that was difficult because I was informed about crisis in China before the haute couture show, as the Chinese team uh, could not come to our show. And uh, it was a month later, before the dirty to wear show, 
uh, I understood uh, how serious uh, the problem was. I understood that uh, it was something that was going to affect the rest of the world. We have, uh, like, do you know, uh, a big part of our team in China. It was very important for us uh, to, to support them. Uh, at the same time, uh, for the studio, uh, we try to organize our work in a different way. Technology has helped them also that personally I think is uh, completely different for us because it's very important for us to, to work together in the same room. I really think that for me is a responsible uh, for uh, I have a big responsible like creative director for my team uh, but also for the company to to realize the best that we can do in this difficult time and so we try to be to be work together and to involve all the team in the new project for the cruise collection in some way we are really lucky because creativity help us to have to be in a safe space and so we are really concentrate on it I want to ask you the big question now. This sudden stop has forced everyone to think about the crazy, crazy speed of fashion, not just this year or last year, but right since the new millennium. You know, I don't think I can even count the number of Dior shows I've seen and the events you've done. There was Dior Cruise in Marrakesh, and then there was the Dior Ball in Venice, and then there was the opening of your Dior exhibition in Dallas, and that was in three weeks. Do you think that fashion, as with many other creative areas, has been just been given now a kind of warning, a severe warning, slow down, not so crazy busy? This is really a difficult uh, question. Fashion is always very fast. I read a lot of articles in this time where everybody thinks that we can come back to be slowed down. I personally don't believe in it uh, because in some way they want to come back to the past. Uh, probably we have to organize ourselves for the future in a different way, uh, but I don't think that fashion... Um, um, can uh, come back uh, in a vision that was so close uh, with the past. That's the real things. And now um, you come back to your family in Italy, a country that's been hit so hard by this terrible virus. But you are back home and... Of course, you have your daughter, Rakeli, I think even with you now, and she often works with you and comes to Paris with you. And you have your son, who you've told me is actually in a different building, and you have your husband. But how are you actually managing your days? Do you have a designated structure, a work structure and family time? Do you get up in the morning and say, I'm going to do two hours work for Dior and then I'm going to have lunch with my family. How, how do you sort things out? Oh, um, for me, uh, it's not so difficult because uh, in any case, uh, it's not different for me, my personal life and my professional life. My family knows very well that 
they respect and they don't find so strange that I spend my time working and to speak with them about my work and at the same time cook other things. Raquel and Nicolò, they grew up in fashion, my husband too. So for us, is normal. No, not so strange. Uh, we live. Uh, we have only one, 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 st- one way to live together, and uh, there is fashion inside our life. <laughs> and uh, I am not very structured person. My work and my private life uh, has always been together. I can separate two because my work is my passion, and I enjoy it so much. How do you find it, though, when you are really coping on your own? You don't have a support team with you. You must have a support team in Paris or people who can answer you. But it's not the same, is it, as being in the same room and talking to people? Do you miss the team? Oh, I love to spend time with my team, but um, also have a very good relationship with them. In any case, also in this difficult time, uh, we uh, speak together with by Skype or other media, and uh, they give me many information, and I give them a lot of information about uh, what I would like to realize with them. So uh, that is not a big problem, but at the same time. Is different because when we are all together, we can enjoy more. Fashion is something uh, that for us, for all, for me, but also for my team, is a passion, and we really like to to build together something for the brand, for the collection, and so this distance that is also is a physical distance. Um, especially because uh, we are Italian, is not so usual for us. <laughs> But uh, in any case, uh, with the new media, uh, we can see each other very often, every day, honestly. But how do you feel now about couture? You've always loved couture and it's always seemed a very special part, as it was for Christian Dior himself, the founder, all those years ago. And now, unless I've misunderstood, couture is definitely and absolutely cancelled for this season. Is that right? The, the, of course, uh, the, the idea is uh, that the show is cancelled because it's not possible to realize the show. But at the same time, I would like, but it's an idea, to find another way to promote couture. Couture is very difficult to realize because uh, it's important also the relationship not only with the studio, but also with the atelier, with the premiere. And in this moment, our um, atelier uh, work at home. So uh, we are in contact with them, with a video, with a picture, WhatsApp, but it's very difficult to realize uh, a couture show uh, in this way. Um, we have time because in any case, uh, normally we started in the past couture at the end of April. So I want to think another way to, to realize couture. I have some idea in mind. I want to see that it's possible to realize this new idea that I have. 
but now is more to find a new solution for realized couture because uh, because it's very different different process do you mean maria grazia that you would think of perhaps going to a very good client who's become almost a friend of yours and build something around her and think specifically for the client to make something. I mean, that's just a probably crazy idea of mine. I wonder what you mean by talking about a different way of doing it. I have, no, I, 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 in my mind, there was different uh, ideas about couture. Now I am very in focus uh, with this new idea. I don't know that I can speak about that now because um, it's a new project. But I think uh, this new idea that I have in mind could be help us to promote couture without a show and in the different way around the world. Because the problem is not only to realize the, co- the collection, it's also like you can show this collection at the clients around the world, because now it's impossible to travel. And um, I don't think that couture is uh, something that you can understand with the video, with the um, picture. Yes, you can see that. But if you want to understand couture, you need to see the piece. So we have to find a solution also to show them the real piece. And I'm working on it. So you're talking about something private, like the way that couture used to be so many years ago, something private, really, between the designer and the client. Yes, but we have this uh, service in any case uh, also when we have the show, because in any case, uh, our organization is also to create uh, a specific wardrobe for our clients, for specific uh, event. Uh, so, and the studio and me work at the specific project for them all the time, also in the normal situation. At the, at the same time, I don't want to stop the idea to, to give them also a new collection because uh, sometimes uh, um, in the new collection, we can test a new craftsmanship, a new idea for realized clothes. And it's very important to promote this value of the craftsmanship of our atelier. And if you don't realize the collection, it's difficult to, to show them a new craftsmanship. So the idea is in one side to work with them like in the past for personal wardrobe, but then on the other side to realize some piece with the couture, if it's possible, with the atelier, sorry, if it's possible, to show them uh, new craftsmanship. Maria Grazia, Nobody could have missed your bold, strong attitude to artistic women. When we look back at Christian Dior, all those um, books that have been written about him, he was fascinated by the lives of women, but it was about making them beautiful. He almost stood away from them. You are so different in attitude. You're a woman designing for women and you're proud to be so. You give women strength, you support artists 
who do the same. And you focus on strong female artists like Tomasa Bingo and Tracy Amin and Judy um, Chicago, who we saw last time. Um, this is amazing. I mean, you do podcasts of them yourself. You bring them into your shows. You bring them into your sets. It's quite daring, really. I'm sure that if people had known what you were going to do, they'd said she'd never pull it off. But you have pulled it off. You've made a um, mix between high fashion, especially the um, and art, and it's pretty amazing because you know Dior was all about la femme fleur, the um, flower woman, and. Um, didn't you tell me once, Maria Grazia, that when you first talked to the Dior people, they said, I want you to realise that uh, Dior is a feminine brand. Is that true? Yes, this is true. When I arrived in Dior, the first uh, thing that everybody said to me that Dior is a feminine brand, I think uh, this sentence uh, is uh, really important uh, uh, but at the same time, we had to reflect a lot of what I mean to be a feminine. And so, uh, for me, it was very important to, to, uh, to reflect and to, to work with these uh, women artists because all women artists reflect a lot about uh, femininity and also with different point of view. Um, women artists all the time... Uh, uh, speak about uh, body and the relation that the women has with their body, but also fashion too reflect all about that. So my idea was uh, to to have a conversation with these women because they are so inspiring. But at the same time, uh, for me, it's very important that Dior give uh, a platform at these artists to have a voice also with an audience that normally don't use to go in a museum to see their work. So I think fashion can do a lot to, to support art and to promote a vision, different vision of women around the world. And Maria Grazia, I would say that you have worked very hard at this. Um, I remember at our Condé Nast Luxury Conference in Lisbon um, back in 2018, you talked to me on stage about female empowerment and your 2017 shirts, T-shirts, that said we should all be feminist. You got into quite a lot of trouble about that, didn't you? Yes, because the, the, the reaction was so huge uh, that I never imagined in my life uh, that could be so um, so important issue to create uh, a t-shirt uh, with this idea of, uh, of feminism that uh, is so important for me in personal way. I never imagined the reaction uh, of the audience. But I think um, um, fashion um, has to reflect about uh, uh, this argument because uh, uh, in any case uh, uh, fashion speak about uh, identity 
All the time we remember that fashion is an important industrial, is an important business, but we are not to forget that speak about identity. Um, and uh, I think that my reflection is about that. I find it fascinating, Maria Grazia, that the beginning of your own career, I don't think that everybody knows this, it was really all about sisterhood, your first seven years with Fendi, with the Fendi family, a female family. That was the start of your career, and I remember it so well, all those strong women. Do you think that maybe they are the people who introduced you to woman power? Oh, I'm sure that... uh... My career, in some way, um, is very close uh, with Fendi family because uh, for them, uh, for for me to work with the founder of the house, uh, like Fendi, that are uh, five strong women that are so uh, clear the idea about uh, fashion, but also about the company, in some way um, helped me a lot to understand uh, women could be work in fashion in a different way. Because we are not to forget that all uh, uh, Fendi family has uh, also not their career, but also their family <laughs> too. And they collaborate very well all together. Um, but at the same time, I had a personal uh, reference also in my mother uh, because uh, she was a seamstress, she built her alone her career in a different time, of course, and also for me, she was a reference. This was Maria um, Pia, your mother, yes? Yes, <laughs> and Maria Pia was uh, also um, a strong woman, woman, and um, she push me to be independent, to find my way. So probably all these reference uh, was very important. All these reference uh, uh, give me this idea that I could be work in a different way in my life um, and to realize my career and my personal life uh, both. Well, what's your first memory of being involved with clothes? Did you watch your... Um, mother making things or did it just come into your brain? But uh, like Raquel and Nicolò, I born in fashion. I don't uh, remember when because I think that I was a child. My mother used to work at home, so I remember very well immediately uh, at the initial she worked at home, so before to realize, to, to have uh, an atelier. So I remember very well when I was a child to see immediately clothes, uh, all the material to realize clothes. So for me, it's so natural uh, that I, I realized after that was a job because for me it was part of my life. And did your mother have clients coming to home? Was that the way she worked? That she was making things for individual yes. women? Yes, and I remember them. I remember what they asked her because uh, in some way the relationship also between these clients and my mother was a very personal relationship. You had to understand the women that come to you, what they really want, like they want to 
to dress themselves, we forgot very often, probably today, that really to choose a clothes is speak, speak about your personality, to express yourself, to say something about you. And uh, for me, this is the point. Uh, we have never forgot that. But also, things changed, though, in Italy from your um, mother's early years. I mean, weren't there those riots in 1968? Weren't they also in Italy as well as in France? And a whole new generation was coming out to express themselves? Uh, yes, it was a big change, especially in Italy, probably more in, that in French or in the other country, because uh, we are not to forget that I born in Rome, where the Catholicism, uh, the, the religion, was very present. And we are speaking about the time uh, where in Italy there was a big, big uh, discussion about abortion, divorce, I remember so well. And that was immediately visible uh, in the new way that the women want to change their clothes. They immediately reflect uh, in, uh, in their the attitude and the clothes uh, a different point of view about the future. I remember big discussion about that. And do you now have um, discussions with your children about what they think about women's and, and men's lives? Uh, I have a lot of discussion with them because uh, they are more global, uh, they are more worldwide, they are more international, they are different background. Uh, they they born in Roma, but immediately they are... They would, uh, connect with the rest of the world, with the new media. So I think their point of view is uh, very different. Uh, and I found, I find very interesting for me to speak with them because uh, their criticism helped me uh, to reflect about what I do. Of course, we mustn't forget that you also had this long history at Valentino. I think it was over 20 years, wasn't it, altogether, um, when you worked first on the accessories for Valentino Galvani, and then when you took over from him altogether, it was as a designer couple with Pierpaolo Piccioli. And what was it like being a designer duo? I, I, I lived through it, and yet now I can't imagine it. Oh, um i uh, i worked with pierpaolo for a long time uh, when you work with uh, someone else uh, you always has to negotiate something uh, that is normal um, now that i'm working uh, alone um, i feel have more freedom to express uh, my own point of view i think uh, that is normal. But at the same time, um, to, to work with someone is important because give you also uh, this idea of a teamwork. Uh, I was very lucky also to, to work with Mr. Valentino and uh, also Mr. Giammetti with the uh, Fendi sister. Uh, we are speaking about the founders of the brand and uh, to to work with them was for me a privilege uh, i learned so much uh, from them 
What do you think especially that you learned from Valentino himself, the person? Oh, I I think uh, that um, Mr. Valentino was so close all the time with his idea. He never changed his idea about uh, uh, the brand. Uh, I remember very, very, very well when, um, especially our... At the time, uh, someone asked him to change his point of view about the idea of his idea about the brand, about femininity. Um, he never changed. He was very precise in his point of view. Um, I think that is important because uh, he would like to express all the time his point of view about the brand, about the femininity, uh, and he didn't. Uh, see, for example, uh, what happened in, uh, because sometimes in fashion are all obsessed to be at the, to, to realize uh, the, the last issue, the last uh, novelty. For him, uh, was important to, to build uh, day by day his vision about the brand. And I think that was um, very important for me to see like he was concentrate on this. And also the attention that he put all the time in the craftsmanship, in the quality, um, really a big master. It's, it's interesting thinking about Christian Dior himself. Um, I was rereading the other day that book, um, Christian Dior et moi, his uh, autobiography of being Dior. And you know, a lot of people think of Dior himself being a sort of very gentle soul who loved his flowers and was very sweet with women. But I remember you showing me some books that you had found when he'd done all sorts of um, selling his fragrances, I think, across the world. And I was amazed. And you told me then, I think, that he was much more of a businessman than people ever realised. Yes, that was a very a big surprise for me because at the initial... Uh, when I arrived in Dior, all the people described me, this man with this love for flower, this love for countryside. But when I went in the archive and I started to read all the book about him, and I found that he was a very creative person, of course, but at the same time, Dior was an incredible mind. Um, he, uh, I think that he understood immediately uh, that the brand had to be global. What is what is built uh, in the years is just incredible. Uh, I think that when he started, we had to not to forget that is immediately realize a parfum, a parfum, Miss Dior. Um, is incredible uh, if you think that also now there are so many brands that has not a parfum. So uh, he understood immediately that it was important not only to give a clothes at the women or shoes on bags, but also a parfum. I think that was very smart. But aren't you a little bit um, like Mr. Dior in that way, in that, of course, you do... Um, a lot of shows that are quite poetic or they're extraordinary and you embrace all sorts of different cultures like when you went to North Africa 
And yet at the same time, you're pretty good at finding something for your potential customers. Um, I'm thinking about those berets you did with Stephen Jones, and they turned into a bestseller. I mean, how did you know that? How did you know everyone wants to have a beret? Oh, I love hat in general, and uh, to meet uh, Stephen in uh, Dior uh, for me was uh, a dream in some way <laughs> because I really have hats, and uh, also because in Dior uh, there is this uh, incredible history in hats. Uh, is we are the only brand that has uh, also the. Um, couture uh, hats uh, inside uh, our atelier. This is completely um, unusual. Uh, and uh, so with Steve, we immediately started uh, uh, to work in hats uh, because uh, I really love. Uh, he found me crazy because all the time that he arrived with a new hat, the first thing that I do, I try it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the beret, I think, uh, is a big sign because it's so French. Uh, but at the same time, um, I decide to to realize in leather because give an attitude completely different in my point of view, especially for the blue collection that we where we use it. Give this idea of strong women, and so uh, we choose to realize this this element that is uh, so French, but uh, with this mix, mix in leather that give uh, the, uh, this beret so... I think I'm going to challenge you, Maria Grazia, making a hat that will fit over my tuft of hair that, um, as you know, is I never can alter my hairstyle, but maybe you could think of a way of making a hat that fitted over my quiff. I will. Oh, I know. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, I really love... You can't imagine how many hats I have at home. It's crazy. Because I really love... Uh, I love scarf. I love hat. I love things for hat. Also because it's the first is another part that give an identity about you. Uh, it's so important uh, to uh, what you put in uh, on your hair because in some way it's something that uh, really a signature of your face. Um, and I really like it, them in general. Um, tell me one thing, Maria Grazia. They, you seem to have so many different things that you, um, I'm sure you enjoy doing and you're certainly obliged to doing them. There's the designs, there's the clothes, there's the hats, as we've just heard, and there's shoes, and there's the stores, and there's ad campaigns. Do you actively try to give them the same equal attention? Or do you just say to yourself, I, I love shoes, but I'm not going to worry so much about those or is everything equal in your mind? Yes, because for me it's very important the vision of the brand. I don't think it's possible to give a vision if you don't put attention on all the element. I probably that's uh, is because I worked with the founder of the brand, like Valentino and also Fendi sister. Um, if uh, you are a designer and you want to promote a vision for a brand, it's important uh, all the aspects. Clothes, hat, shoes, bags, uh, window, um, visual merchandising, everything. Uh, because speak about uh, the brand. So I work with different team. 
because uh, it's impossible to <laughs> to do everything alone. But at the same time, all dif- the different elements have to speak the same uh, language. Uh, it's necessary to have a coherence. Uh, also, because for the future, uh, the, I think our audience, our clients, uh, um, appreciate uh, the coherence and the value of the brand uh, express. So during this period of staying at home, as well as working so hard, have you also discovered some some different kind of pleasures, some things that you used to do in the past and have had time to do again? Are you reading a lot? Are you organising online all those personal photographs that you meant to sort out ever since your children were born and never quite had time for? Have you been <laughs> hanging out with your husband, Paolo, and your son, Nicoli, and... Okay, yes, honestly, I I organize just a little bit more my apartment because normally I don't spend so much time to organize my apartment, and and so I spend time to organize the picture, the book, the wardrobe is crazy. I have to wait because it's too much work so <laughs> I've started to organize just a little bit um, because uh, we are living now in a new apartment from four years and so I I was in this the last four years was very uh, very intense for me between Paris and Rome so impossible to organize well and I try to do something now not so much, but something. <laughs> Nobody, no woman ever gets her, her cupboard sorted. It's always the dream, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. But I, I spend also a lot of time to reflect uh, about uh, about my job, about fashion, uh, because uh, uh, in any case, in, in this difficult circumstance, uh, we have um, uh, we have the opportunity to reflect what's mean to work in fashion, uh, because uh, it's not only about business; it's also about identities, also about many different aspects. And so, we have now a good opportunity for reflect about the future. If you were thinking about the three things that you care most about or that you feel you've achieved, what would they be? Would they be embracing your family into everything that you do? Would it be making Dior, the the male brand, into something that was really meant for women of today? Would it be including art in your shows and really helping modern female artists to um, come into the limelight via the shows at Dior. What, what, what are you most happy to have done? I, I, I really uh, happy uh, to work in Dior, uh, especially with this collaboration with the women artists. For me, it was very important. Um, and I'm very proud uh, to to help them to have a voice, but not only uh, but writer, dancer. Um, I really like it a lot. 
this conversation with these women is the part of the my job that I really like to do. For me, it's a new way to work, is uh, speak about also relationship. I'm also in this day, all the time in contact with these women, and we speak about the situation, we speak about our personal life. Uh, is like to have a community in some way. Um, and that is the part that uh, I'm very happy. Well, I congratulate you, Maria Grazia, being the head of a community of fashion and doing it with such charm and such gentility. I say bravo. Oh, thank you. Thank you a lot, <laughs> Susie. And we look forward to seeing all the things when at last the doors of the world are open to all of us and this sad time is passing. Um, we look forward to seeing the results of your contemplation and seeing the wonderful things you're going to do for Dior. I hope. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you. I believe lot. in it. Thank you. Bye, Maria Grazia. Bye, Susie. Maria Grazia Curie. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. I do hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I hope you've enjoyed our first episode. I found it insightful hearing how Maria Grazia takes inspiration from Dior's past. You may perhaps feel inspired too by Maria Grazia's words on the importance of her family, the influence of her semstress mother and her dynamic daughter. While we are all staying at home in isolation, I am so proud that many in the fashion industry have taken it upon themselves to help protect our doctors, nurses and frontline workers in the fight against COVID-19. I would like to take this opportunity to applaud all healthcare workers across the world who are true heroes and all those who continue to keep our communities functioning in these difficult times. On behalf of Condé Nast, I would like to wish you all and everyone at Dior a safe and healthy week ahead. In the next episode, I will be in conversation with milliner extraordinaire Stephen Jones. If you would like to find out more about our conference, please do visit cniluxury.com. To find my articles, visit the fashion channel of vogue.co.uk and at Susie Menke's Vogue on Instagram. If you've enjoyed the podcast, then please do rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube and many others. Support for Creative Conversations podcast comes from the Condé Nast Luxury Conference. Creative Conversations with Susie Menkes is produced by Natasha Cowan and edited by Tim Thornton. Music by Jörg Zuber graphics by Paul Wallace and production assistance by Lauren Sweeting.